Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Well, hello. Well, hello there. Welcome back to part two of Ayurveda. I know. We love our Ayurveda. I learned quite a bit in our first episode. I'm so excited that you're doing this training. Do you, are you calling it a training or is it a certification course? Is it actual school? What it's a, it's, it's a big deal. It's yeah, it's a, it's a thousand hour certification in terms of like the yoga Alliance, mm-hmm. but it is a three-year program through a university in India. And it is fascinating to me. It does not come without its hardships. Mm-hmm. There is some some balancing acts that I have to do. Classes held every day at 11, Monday through Saturday. Wow. And that does not include the asana labs that are also required. And that does not include the sadhana work that is also in, is required. So I do sometimes feel a little stressed by it because some days I can't catch it live. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I have to absolutely listen to the recording before Mm -hmm. the next day in case I can listen the next day to it live. So I feel like I have to keep on top of it. And Mm -hmm. my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, school, I got to get this. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it is exciting. Three years is a long time, but I feel like what I've learned in the first two months already is crazy. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm taking three courses. I'm taking the philosophy of yoga. I'm taking anatomy 101 and I'm taking intro to Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. But man, their teaching style, very different from our teaching in the US. Like they're just rapid fire information. Wow. Rapid fire information. And there's a lot of heavy accents and you can't necessarily trust the transcript that comes along, Mm -hmm. you know, because it doesn't and the words don't match up at all. And so spelling like multiple times, they're like, can you spell that? And they're like, I'll put it in the chat. Right. And it's just like, like the information is just coming at you hard and fast. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. So time. how long is each class? You said you have at 11 every day. Is it an hour they're meant long? They're meant to be an hour, but they usually go an hour 20 to an hour 30 because they mm-hmm. do Q&A at the end and you kind of don't want to miss the Q&A. Yeah. And then they also have what's called recorded open office hours every day. And mm-hmm. that comes as a recording to me too. But mm-hmm. that usually is another 90 minutes. So if I were to listen to all the recordings, wow. it'd be three hours a day. Wow. So it's an investment in time, but I feel like I've learned so much already. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've been re-reminded both of that I do have some smarts in there. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I knew this. Like, wow, that's yeah. cool. I already knew this, right? Mm-hmm. But then I'm also like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to remember all this stuff? So I'm, you know, making note cards and I'm being all nerdy. But it's, I also just think to myself, when's the first assessment? Because we have had assignments. I had to turn in a paper. I had to build a chart on what the 
seasons were for me in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it doesn't necessarily follow the seasons in India. Right. right? And so it's not the same. And yeah, so there's assignments and there's a lot of stuff happening. I just feel like I'm like, well, what if I miss something? Like, how do I know? (laughs) Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. Well, I think that's super cool. And you get to share your knowledge with us. I know. Someday I hope to be able to practice Ayurvedic medicine. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you, yeah, I'm sure you will be able to. That's the end goal. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So we were talking about the doshas Uh and we were talking about what's their function in the body. And now I kind of want to take you down the path of where they reside in the body and take you down the path of when they don't function well, what happens to us? Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of the basis of Ayurveda is we say that it's the intelligence of keeping a person healthy, but we also need to know when it's out of whack, what what we should be doing to treat it like right? right like if if this is your condition is that a vata imbalance is that a pitta imbalance is that a kapha imbalance and once we determine which it is then let's treat that dosha right mm-hmm. well and people can be more than just you know you had mentioned you can be heavier in others and doesn't Ayurveda recognized seven constitutions. Is yes, that right? because it, it it recognizes combinations of mm-hmm. doshas. Right. So, you so can like have... I'm a pitta pitta, but if I'm going to tend towards an imbalance, I'm going to tend towards a kapha imbalance. That's not always true because last fall, I swear for weeks, my vata was like unleashed. I remember. I remember unleashed. you were like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what is happening in my body. Body, like twitching and tremoring, yeah. but yeah, made complete sense. Yeah. And so when we talk about disease in the body, it doesn't mean that your constitution is messed up. Mm-hmm. It means that you have an imbalance inside the body. And when we treat that imbalance, it'll make your constitution feel better. Right. Right. So even though I'm pitta pitta, it doesn't mean that my vata can't become out of balance. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of the path that we go down. So we mentioned in the last episode that vata is the nucleus of the cell, Mm -hmm. that pitta is the mitochondria of the cell. It's that energy center in the cell. And we talked about kapha being the protoplasm of the cell. What we also then talk about is where that location is in the body. And I didn't know this until taking this class, but vata resides in the body from the belly button down, even though it governs your breath. I would have thought it would have been higher up here. Yeah. But Vata goes along with like that creativity of the second chakra. It goes along with building the embryo, right? It goes Mm -hmm. along with the bladder and the kidney and the reproductive organs. Cool. Who knew? We are solidly in agreement that Pitta resides in the belly, (laughs) in the abdomen, between the two fingers below the belly button right up to the bottom of the ribs at the diaphragm. Mm -hmm. We know that that fire, it governs the stomach, the liver, the spleen. It governs the healthy circulation of the blood. Like we know fire exists in the middle of the body, right? Right. And then interestingly enough, from the diaphragm up is kapha. Mm -hmm. It is what governs the thorax, the neck, and the head. It governs your lymphatic system and your adipose 
your fat, mm-hmm. which is all kind of governed up here. Wow. So it makes sense mm-hmm. when when it's explained to you. But initially, you and I both would have said, well, Vata should be up here in your head, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where everything's moving around. Yeah, you got your lungs, you got your breath. Yeah. 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 That's what we would think, but it's not true. And we wow. would think, well, your kapha should be in the legs where you're firmly grounded, but it's actually not. Yeah. It's unique. It's actually, they describe the human as an upside down tree and that I our like legs, that. our legs are actually the branches and the feet, the leaves, mm-hmm. and that our hands and our head are actually in headstand what roots us to the ground. Hmm. I like <laughs> that. I like right? that a lot. But it's beautiful when you think about it because everything that comes in for us to get nutrients from comes in either through the nose as air or in through the mouth as food. So this is actually our source of nutrients Mm -hmm. is right here, which is our roots. Right. So the human body is actually an upside down tree. That's pretty cool. I know. I was like, why didn't they teach me this sooner? (laughs) You know, if you come up with your own logo when you're Dr. Tanya, then that's what it should be. It's legit going to be a headstand person. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. So discovering your current state of balance will show you. And you do, if you t- get on Banyan Botanicals and take your dosha quiz, it does change. You know, I when when Tanya was like, hey, we need to do your skin, I pulled mine up just to see what it was the last time. And mine was more kapha off. I mean, I was still half pitta. The other half was mostly kapha with a little slice of vada. But I'll, I'm going to redo it again because I haven't done that in about six months. So you should actually do it once a month. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, it's very interesting. So you're you can be off balance pretty often. And so I love that idea of doing it every month because it's kind of fun anyway. But the current state of your balance can and does change over time as we move through different climates and different seasons and even stages in our lives. You know, if you have children, if you're an empty nester, if you have grief, you know, different stages in your life can change your dosha also. And a vata imbalance occurs when vata is in excess. And this can cause fear, anxiety, physical and emotional constriction, ungroundedness. It can cause poor circulation. It can cause constipation and dry skin and cracking joints, insomnia, twitches and tremors and any kind of abnormal movements in your body. If you have a pitta imbalance, this is when you have too much pitta. This can cause anger and jealousy, inflammation, excessive heat, heartburn, loose stools, migraines, rashes, bruising, bleeding, disorder. Orders, sharp hunger, thus that hangry stuff Tanya was talking about earlier. Uh, it can cause an overactive metabolism and difficulty sleeping. And then finally, kapha imbalance. This can cause attachment, greed, resistance to change, lack of motivation, a heaviness in the mind and body, excessive sleep, depression, a sluggish metabolism, congestion, water retention, hardening of the arteries, and formation of masses and tumors. It is possible for more than one dosha to be out of balance at any given time as well. So, And all three can be out of balance. Mm-hmm, 100%. Something I was looking... So as as you went down your list, you know, in my Ayurveda <clears throat> class, the diseases that they give us, there's like 88 diseases without a balance of Atta. It wow. goes down to like 44 diseases without a balance Pitta and down to like 20 or 24 or something like that without a balance Kapha, but out of balance Kapha tends to be very big ones. 
big like one. cancer. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because one that you didn't say in kapha out of balance is coughing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I can't wait for you to redo your dosha test because mm. I think you got yourself a little kapha out of balance. Mm. Well, it would not surprise me. So if if I'm burning the candle at both ends, can I mess up my kapha? Yeah, 100%. Because yeah. here's why. If your agni gets too high, mm -hmm. where it is supposed to have healthy metabolism, too high of metabolism can actually break down tissue. And when you're breaking down your own tissue, you're actually knocking down your own kapha. Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll retake my, I'll check my imbalances since we're off of here. Right? It's so interesting mm -hmm. to me though. It is really so interesting. So shall we talk about some of the things you can do to help your imbalances? Yeah. Tell us all about it. Tell us all about it. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about. Well, you know what, real quick, before we do that, let me say, I have a, have a thought for you. So if you have all of your doshas out of balance, which one do you focus on balancing first? Ooh, this is a great question. <laughs> you, if you have all three out of balance, you really need to focus on balancing your normal constitution first mm -hmm. because it is the majority of your body. So if you think about that pie chart you were just talking about, how you're half pitta and you're like whatever, three eighths kapha and whatever, one eighth of vata. Mm -hmm. If you work on fixing the imbalance of the one eighth vata, you still have half your body out of imbalance, mm -hmm. right? So it makes best sense to actually treat your dosha first. Mm -hmm. That's assuming all of them are out of balance. Right. Right. Okay. Now, if you do your banyan botanicals and you've got one that's elevated and one that's kind of elevated, focus on the one that's elevated. Right. right? And so things we can do. When you have a vata imbalance, we talked about how you notice anxiety. You notice cracking joints, you notice feeling lethargic, you notice dry skin, you notice constipation. Mm -hmm. Things that you notice being dry, 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 and dry. So the first thing you should be doing is hydrate, 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 mm -hmm. right? Legitimately to help try and decrease that. Now, if mentally you're feeling whoo, whoo, very fly away, you need to figure out how to get grounded. And you can get grounded by eating grounding foods, by using grounding oils for massage, by using rocks and crystals, being out in nature, except being out in nature where it's windy, because that's not going to help your out of balance vata, right? <laughs> yes. You need to stay out of the wind. And or if you have to go out in the wind, put head covering on. So put your hoodie up, do whatever you need to do if you have to be out in the wind, because wind is not going to help your out of balance vata, even if you're sitting in the grass. Okay. Sense? Make sense? Absolutely. When your pitta is off, what's the first thing you notice? You notice indigestion, heartburn, you're kind of angry, you're, you got loose stool, you're, everything is hot, hot, and on mm -hmm. fire hot. So you need to cool, 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 and cool. Literally eat cooling foods, drink cooling beverages, limit your amount of spice, mm -hmm. and take cooler showers. Use a cool oil or cool lotion for massage. Avoid perfumes. Avoid things that are going to increase your fire again. Do you take cold showers or warm showers? 
I take kind of in between. Yeah, I can't. See, that's do, the healthiest. I can't see, do I a like cold them so shower. Hard. Yeah. yeah, I dry my skin out because I take hot, 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 hot showers. No, no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Fail. <laughs> okay, so then if we have kapha out of balance. When we have kapha out of balance, you just told us you feel lethargic, you have inflammation, you build tumors, you have increased congestion, you have increased arterial blockages, you're building adipose. So all of those things, the flip to them is going to be movement, 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 and movement. And this means movement of your food. So not eating light, not eating heavy food, but instead eating light foods. Mm -hmm. Not sitting. That means get up and walk around. Even if it's just a little bit of walking, walk, right? And then consider the activity you do should be elevating. The things that you spend time in should increase your enthusiasm because you're lacking in that enthusiasm. So do things you love and enjoy and get you happy and excitable. You need excitement. Right. Okay. And I didn't really cover specifics in food. But if you want to go down that path at some point, there are specific foods. There are specific oils. There are specific recipes. There are specific beverages, like quite specific. In fact, so specific, it quite literally tells you at this time of day, drink this. At this time of day, eat this, right? Like it is a specific recipe of things to follow. A little Mm -hmm. bit like when you go to the doctor and they're like, well, take this medicine four times a day or take this medicine every two hours or whatever the prescription is. Mm-hmm. So in Ayurvedic medicine, there's also pre- prescriptions. They're just done with food and oil, tinctures, teas, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Super cool stuff. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that was a lot of Tanya talking. <laughs> well, I have my little list of eight health benefits of Ayurveda, if you want me to share those. And this is not eight health benefits of Ayurveda by Kathleen. This is straight from Banyan Botanicals. So if you get on BanyanBotanicals.com and just look up Intro to Ayurveda or Ayurveda Basics, they have lots of great information there, especially for the novice. But this is part of an article I pulled up. But the eight distinct areas that Ayurveda can improve your health are one, prevention. The traditional practice of Ayurveda is used to treat the cause as opposed to the symptom. So this can is very preventive in nature. So it shows you how to support your immune system and minimize stress that can lead to imbalance and illness. You're getting to the root of the problem. Number two, daily routine. It helps you establish a daily routine. And we all know when you have a daily routine, that helps you feel more grounded and more stable and ready to start start the day and I'm a control freak. So it helps me feel in control of my life. If I have that daily routine, Ayurvedic diet and food combining helps you maximize the agni or that digestive fire. You learn about your constitution and the state of balance will help you determine which dietary choices are best for you. And so overall, that's going to give you proper food to fuel your body. Exercise is another benefit because certain asanas can have a cooling or a heating effect on the body. So learning yoga poses from an Ayurvedic perspective is helpful 
for determining which poses would bring you optimal wellness. Number five, Ayurvedic herbal support. Ayurveda has a lot of insights into the world of herbal medicine, and you do want to reach out to a practitioner for guidance. You don't want to just start going, oh, that looks good, and start buying everything imaginable because we all get into that trap. You know, we're like, oh my gosh, if a little bit of this is good, I should have three of these. So you want to make sure you're talking to someone that's knowledgeable and knows what you're what they're doing. But Herbs can help you uh, be healthier and can help fill the voids in your diet and in your uh, dosha. And also number six, Ayurveda for energy and vitality. Ayurveda's approach to energy and vitality is multifaceted with a special focus on the adrenal health. And when the little bit I know about um, Ayurveda, there's always a lot of talk about the healthy of, of the adrenals. And by supporting your adrenals and finding natural sources of energy, you can stay active and doing what you love without having that crash or depleting yourself. Number seven, another reason to check out Ayurveda is for beauty. Ayurvedic perspective on beauty focuses on the whole being, the body, mind, and the spirit. So Ayurveda has tips for hair, for smooth skin, and all kinds of things to help you feel good inside and out. And something that's very concerning for most people is Ayurveda for sleep. Because a lot of times when you're imbalanced, it affects your sleep. When you don't get enough sleep, you're not the healthiest version of you. So sometimes you may need more sleep. Sometimes you may need less sleep. But Ayurvedic methods can help you improve your waking hours by helping you sleep peacefully and consistently at night. I love it. It's funny that you bring up the just not taking supplements willy-nilly without actually (laughs) knowing because I did that right? Like I went on Banyan Botanicals and I, this was a couple of years ago and I did my dosha and I was pretty sure I knew everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got some, I got some supplements and I thought, oh, look at me, I'm taking care of myself. And I was taking these supplements for maybe, I don't know, two and a half weeks. And I was like, man, my stomach, like what is wrong with my stomach? And it, it took me a minute. And then I kind of went on and I was like, should pittas take this? And I was like, oh, <laughs> they should definitely not. And I was like, oh, well, see, would pay to actually have had some education at that time. So being mindful really is is an important piece. But I love that there is so much to Ayurveda. And, you know, I know that we did part one about the sort of breakdown of Ayurveda and the intelligence of the doshas. And then today we talked about sort of the imbalances and the importance of Ayurveda in our health. But as we push time again, we're going to maybe pop into another episode where we can talk about balancing those doshas, how mm-hmm. to incorporate what we call dinacharya, which is a day daily routine to help that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll get to part four and talk about <laughs> seasons and, and whatever, but we could clearly talk about Ayurveda for, you know, 10 episodes. But I know. And I haven't even gotten to talk about my recipes yet. <laughs> I know. right? We still have <laughs> book recommendations, recipes, all the things. Mm. There's too much to talk about. Oh, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. 
email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.